Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. For those of you who are just joining our podcast, um, we do use adult language in this podcast, so if that offends you, then you probably want to select another different podcast to listen to. Uh, The topic of our podcast today is Martyr, the Death of Suffragette Emily Davison. Uh, Emily Davison was part of the women's suffrage movement in Great Britain around the turn of the 20th century, and uh, she became a martyr when she uh, ran onto the racetrack at uh, the Epsom Derby, a big horse race over in Great Britain, and was uh, ran over and killed by the king's horse back in uh, 1913. So we're going to talk about um, her life and uh, everything leading up to the Uh, this event. Uh, But before we do, allow me to introduce our, my co-host. I'm joined by the very distinguished, the very honorable, the uh, most dangerous man in podcasting, a man who is, uh, has been called an oasis in the desert of despair, the moral compass of the History Dreams podcast, the very honorable Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Chuck? I'm doing well, Timmy. I'm I'm ready for another podcast with uh, that we can actually do historical stuff. And and this is normally for our new listeners. Normally we we have a third member of our panel, and that's uh, of course Brandy. Um, but Brandy is on vacation or in rehab or. Yeah. We just don't really know where she's We don't know. She might be in jail. It could be. Um, but um, we decided to do this uh, podcast on Emily Davison. We've been wanting to do this for a long time, but uh, we haven't been able to, have we, uh, Colonel? No, the, uh, the devil is as loud and boisterous as she is. Um, she's old-fashioned. You know, She's she grew up in a cult. and uh, uh, Well, she uh, still is in a cult, really. Still is, yeah, she's in a cult. And... Uh, she doesn't believe in equal rights for women, Timmy. Yeah, yeah. She's she's opposed to women's suffrage. She believes that, yeah, she, she's for women suffering. And she's for us suffering. And for us suffering. Mm-hmm. But she believes that women are um, basically chattel. They should <laughs> they should be, uh, you know, that she she goes by the um, the Old Testament stuff a lot. Yeah. Even though she's, you know, reads the Satan's Bible, the uh, devil's Bible, but. 
she's going to kill us. That, of course, none of that is true. Brandy is just on vacation. But we're going to cover this topic today, and we hope you, you like it. But you know that disclaimer you made in the beginning, Timmy? Uh-huh. I don't believe that this is going to be another E-rated thing because the devil's not here. Yeah. Brandy so usually is... There she, will be less foul language than true. you've come to expect from a show. Yeah, because we, we're, we, we, we take this show up a notch when she's... Well, we're perfect. We like to think... We 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 strive for professionalism, Timmy, mm-hmm. and and the devil. She just over there, you know, eating pretzels or whatever. Yeah. She's playing Candy Crush, cussing, you know, cussing, cussing like a sailor, smoking cigarettes. She's got her feet up on the desk, she, not even close to the mic. I know, I know. And, it's just uh, a, but uh, you're right. I, actually, so. I don't even know why we have her on the show. <laughs> but she's popular. She has a she has a following, you know. But you yeah, know, but I mean, you think so about the Satan. people. S- Satan has a following. Manson had followers yeah. for Christ's sake, just because you fa- got he was followers. a family man. Yeah, but I mean, compare, I, and I want you to compare um, the, you know, because some people will proclaim, you know, hey, I'm Team Colonel, I'm Team Brandy, on our Facebook page, on our Facebook page, yes. and I want you to just look at the group that that claims to be self the as we call them the vagina vigilantes or the mammary mafia um think look at that group okay okay and look at the the moral code they live by i mean it's it's quite lacking and then you get to the colonel crew and you got nothing but fine outstanding people you're a moral beacon well, yeah, and, and they've they've chosen the right path. These mm-hmm. are all people that chose, you know, you got mm-hmm. people like Radika, Fallon, and mm-hmm. Liz. But then you, and you got people like Jen Wicks and Amber who is uh, on the devil's path. Well, the Jim path, Wicks, the path Wicks, to hell, basically. Yeah, basically, they want the highway to hell. They yeah. want the fast track. They want to go in a carpool lane with one person uh-huh. in a car to hell is mm-hmm. what they want. Yep, the express lane. They don't want to wait around. So that's you know, and, and I'm I I don't mean to disparage anybody. No, no offense. No, of course not. Um, Lord knows we wouldn't mean to. We do, do not mean to offend people yet, but we if you are uh, Team Brandy, um, you might want to talk to your counselor about yeah, that, or but, your priest, or or your probation officer, because or your if exorcist you're, or... <laughs> yeah, if you, you you know most of Pete Brandy's people mm-hmm. have probation officers. Oh yeah. You know, most of them wear the uh, ankle, ankle bracelets. Yeah. yeah, that's why they're Team Brandy. They can relate to her wearing yeah, ankle bracelets. That's why I don't understand how Brandy is on vacation. I, she has to stay within so many feet of her house. Well, she's know. doing a staycation. She's at home. Oh, okay. And I think that's what happened is that she violated it, and they gave a strict house arrest for uh, seven days. Uh, that makes sense. And that she makes couldn't more come sense. back. Yeah. Okay, we want to give a shout-out to all the folks who support us on Patreon. You guys have been wonderful in your support, and we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. If you would like to support the show, you can uh, just go to patreon.com slash historydweaves, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or... Or just a wee tiny bit, Timmy. Yes, it all helps, uh, and we are very, very grateful to all of you who've stepped up and been supporting the podcast Um we it means a lot to us and we'd like to thank you alicia and chip uh tommy lane for uh, thank you very much tommy for your generous donation jason dykes uh, uh who we'll, we will see colonel at crime con in june mm-hmm. uh bridget clavey who's has a birthday today you're gonna sing happy birthday to her a bit later on happy birthday to your baby yeah maybe later maybe okay. later brandy mcbride maggie glover thank you maggie 
Kate Richardson, uh, Fiona Crisps, who, of course, is traveling in Vietnam right now. Fiona, safe travels. Hope you're having a blast. <clears throat> Our good friend Laura O'Reilly, who, who posted some of the coolest pictures of cats. On, she has a page called the Purr Purr Lounge on Facebook. Oh, does she? Yes. And it, they're just adorable kittens that she, she posts pictures of. And it's just, they're adorable. Christine. Christine Bourgeois. Yes. Thank you, Christine. Donna Curran. Of course, our good friend Maja. Aaron uh, with an A. Kimberly Cameron. Elise uh, down there in Arkansas. Uh, thank you, Elise. Scotty uh, J with the uh, Killers, Cults, and Nutjob podcast. Thank you, Scott. Diane Student with uh, History Goes Bump podcast. Thank you, Diane. Amber Trevino, Annette Petre, Lise over there in Norway, Leslie Hager, Amber Scoville, Jahara, our good friend, our good buddy TJ Young, uh, Dr. Jeff chestnut and his lovely wife don who we hope to see in the very near future they'll be uh here in cincinnati soon we're hoping to get to see them and don thank you very much for leaving us a very nice review on itunes uh you guys are the best andrew hap yeah uh, i hope you're doing good andrew well, we know yeah, you lost we, you lost yeah, your mother and and uh we hope that you're, hope you're getting you're, along okay and we're thinking about you um cheryl um hope things are, uh cheryl thank you very much Holly Woodward, who we are now calling Hollywood. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, Shirley Strap, thank you, Shirley. Todd Long, uh, of course, Lydia Fisher and her, her sister, Mary Ruth. Um, thank you, ladies. Um, Jennifer Rasnick, uh, our good friend Tyrone. Phyllis Munson, thank you, Phyllis. Sarah Morgan, Melissa Montoya, Brittany Martin. Uh, of course, Joe Hopkins with the Now American History Podcast. If you haven't listened to it, uh, check it out. It's available on iTunes. That's Now American History. Mandy Swanson, Jen- Jennifer Siemens, and her son Hunter, as well as her mother Linda. Of course, our good friend Cindy Lou, Heather Poole, Charlie and Allie with the Insight Podcast. Uh, I'm sure you're probably familiar with the Insight Podcast, but if you're not, need to check it out. It is excellent. Um, Stacy, uh, Christine Hauer, and Jeffrey the Wondercat, Cheryl Weldon, Daniel Bassett. Thank you very much, Daniel, for your kind and generous donation. Our good friend Karen Barnes from Cleveland, big Cleveland Indians fan. Thank you, Karen. They're going down this year, Timmy. Yeah, I think They're the Reds down. are going to take them down. They but are uh, take them down. you know, we'll be be kind to Karen because she supports the show. But you know. We maybe they'll be on all Ohio World Series. Maybe that'll happen. We would still beat them. Karen uh, Alden. Uh, Karen is a uh, been on our page, and now she is uh, a new member of our Patreon group. Thank you very much, Karen, for supporting the podcast. Rebecca Omelet. Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca Omelet. Oh, thank you, Rebecca. You're awesome. Thank you for um, becoming a Patreon member. Of course, our good good friend Rachel Flynn. Oh, lovely Rachel. Yes. She's on Team Colonel. Uh, how about that? And last and least, Rudy <laughs> the Wonder Dog. Rudy's had some complaints about the last couple podcasts. Well, you know. Rudy likes to have Brandy on the show. Does he? Yeah. So he misses Brandy. He Rudy misses Brandy. He's mm. he's like, you know, I he's like, you know Does he howl? Well, the, the thing is, is that he uh 
he likes to know where Brandy is at all times. Uh, well, I don't blame him there. And when she's not on the podcast, he's worried. Know, he's worried. Yeah. Because Rudy's a protector. Because Brandy dog. will kick a dog. Oh, she'll kick a puppy in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I mean, we remember that day we were walking in here, that litter of kittens it was Oh, there? yeah. Just, and she was like, oh, oh, I don't know why somebody. She'll go did. out of her way. Yes. Yeah, she walked all the way across the parking lot, slapped a kitten in the head, walked all the way back. <sighs> you know, we're going to get in trouble for, <laughs> not with just Brandy, but with all the her uh, followers. They're going to give us hell for this. You know, it's time to make a stand against the followers. They're immoral. <laughs> they're not righteous people. But, you know, some of them are pretty nice. Yes. Um, they're all very nice. They're all it's very just, nice. They're just but mis- they can be misguided. vicious when, we, when, uh, when they feel that Brandy is being attacked. But <laughs> they can okay. be. That's and, okay. And Brandy is like, you know, Brandy is like the, uh, Brandy is like a, a, one of those panthers you see walking around. Yeah, she don't need a you whole know, lot of protection. No, and me and you are just like, you know, little groundhogs yeah. walking around. Like, and all of a sudden like people ducks. are like. We're like doves. We are yeah. like doves, Timmy. And people are like, oh, she's the victim. No, she's not the victim. She swoops in, grabs us around the throat, mm-hmm. rips our throats out all the time. Cares I mean, how many times has limb. she ripped out my oh. throat on this show, Timmy? Oh, almost every podcast. Damn near every podcast. Yeah, you, Lucky I got a voice you left. Come, uh, almost every podcast you leave your uh, I leave you. I have to put a tourniquet on. Yes, yeah. So don't feel sorry for the devil. Don't have sympathy for the devil. No sympathy for the devil. All right, well, Brandy will be back with us next week, so uh, let's enjoy it while we can, Chuck. Yeah, we can do something that's, uh, yeah. again, we're doing a Intellectual intellectual. Podcast, something this is, might be a little intellectually moving. challenging compared to what we normally do. This is moving, and uh, but it does include a gruesome suicide, which is, you know, that some of our listeners, you know, they kind of, some of our listeners, they like that dark stuff. <laughs> this ain't going to fly with Dottie because only one person died. Yeah. yeah. But no, she, I actually told her what the story was today. So she's interested in hearing Okay. It, so, okay. Because you know Dottie like a lot of blood. Yeah. She likes she, she likes, likes, a, blood she likes when there's a lot of uh, victims. So anyway, the topic is, uh, the name of the podcast is Martyr, the Death of uh, Suffragette. Emily Davison. And by the way, if I call her Emily Dickerson, <laughs> please kick me or something, because it's bound to happen. I think there's a new movie out on Emily Dickerson, so I'm going to try to try not to make that mistake. But Emily Davison, Colonel. Colonel, the right to vote is something that um, we all take for granted. I know you don't take it for granted, but um, a lot of people do. It's a sacred right, Timmy. Yes. It's a sacred thing. uh, It's especially a sacred right for women because it took them years of struggle, Uh, not only in the United States, but in uh, our our focus of our story is women's suffrage in the United Kingdom. Uh, It took them years of struggle to get the right to vote, Colonel. They had to risk um, prison or even worse um, to gain that right. There's a lot of sacrifices made by women like Emily Davison, who we're going to talk about. In the Victorian era, uh, Colonel, women were seen, uh, by at least the middle class at least, as property of their husbands. I know you would never support such a notion. I, uh, no, I'm, uh, I believe that women are, are strong. Mm-hmm. And Intelligent, equal, if not better than us. If not better. You know, I, I, I just actually said... Uh, something to in a, in a pm to nicola reed mm-hmm. that once you understand that men are stupid mm-hmm. and they don't act in their self-interest then you have a better then you can deal with them easier 
because you know we are pretty stupid we are pretty stupid if it weren't for renee i'd be homeless i'd be a hobo wandering the streets we're not only stupid but we're ugly man i'm talking (laughs) about about men so when women they're they're just you know they're they're intelligent and they're they're soft and they 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 have they're just better they're just better people (laughs) they are better people than us the exception of course being brandy yeah Yeah. she's she's very she has a man mentality or Mm. something so, um, anyway, I want to apologize if I sound funny. I, I have and, a you know, think about this. Sinus infection. This is funny um, to me. Think about our last election. Mm-hmm. Who decided our president? Yes. Women. It was women. Yes. That decided it. Yes. So, I mean, they. They play a vital role. Went from not having a, not even being able to vote. Now, I'm still not sure they should be able to own property. Well. Yeah. You yeah. know, you can't take something too far. You're yeah. only kidding. We're only kidding. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um so it was a drive. struggle not only in the United States but in Great Britain where we where our story takes place. Women were seen as basically the property of their husband. They were there to clean the home, put food on the table, and raise the children. Now of course they also worked outside the home, uh in in often terrible conditions along along with their children. Um, women's rights were extremely limited, um, losing ownership of their wages. If they worked, the wages, um, the rights to the wages went to their husbands. Uh, they had no right, as you mentioned, Colonel, of uh, physical property. And um, often, uh, if they got divorced, they would lose everything, including the custody of their children. When a uh, Victorian man and woman got married, uh, the rights of the woman was uh, legally given over to her spouse. Uh, under the law, married couples became one entity, and the husband would represent that entity, entity uh, placing him in control of all the property, all the earnings, all the money, and as we mentioned, uh, the children. That just seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, guys should not have that responsibility. No, I walked past I walked past Mrs. Colonel the other night. She was sitting down at the computer in the office at the house, and I said, what are you doing? She said, oh, I'm just paying some bills. She was online. Mm-hmm. Timmy, one time mm-hmm. I had a phone. Mm-hmm. I had a, you know, she was on a plan, and I was on a plan. and mm-hmm. Separate phones? Yeah, I had a separate phone. My only bill I had to pay every month was that cell phone. The cell phone bill for myself. Uh-huh. Every single, every other month, my phone would get turned off. <laughs> <laughs> every other month. And I could get right online and do it. Yeah. But every other month, I would not oh, remember to God. pay that bill until I went to use my cell phone and it didn't work. You better be glad you were not responsible for the <laughs> gas and electric. I know. It'd be dark around my house all the yeah. damn time. But that, and I thought about that because I thought, you know, I have never sat yeah, down. I don't even know what bills we have. See, you would never have survived in Victorian England. No. If you were responsible. No, 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 no. I would have been, that's why I'd been all for women's rights. Yeah. I'd been like, let them have the money. Let them figure out what to do with it. Cause. Exactly. So in, in addition to losing money and material goods to their husbands, Victoria wife, Victorian wives became property of their husbands. Uh, giving them their rights to their whatever their bodies produce. Again, children, sex, and labor. Now, see that? Now, that's not a bad idea. There. Oh, you, you like the idea of having control of Renee's body? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that you know, there's yeah, certain. She may feel different. 
See, I have to stop here because Brandy would be cussing you at this point. She would be cussing and me. You, and that's you why. have no boundaries now. That's why it's a little bit scary. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that fairer like, sex last is not night, represented here. I climbed up, Timmy. Mm-hmm. I climbed up a ladder 15 times cleaning out the gutters. Okay. okay. Now, she sits at a computer and pays the bills. Right. But she ain't risking life in them. I'm risking life and limb. I mean, I could have had, I could have fallen off the ladder. Yeah, but look at it this way: if she got up there and took that risk and she fell off, there's a that would be a greater loss. Well, sure, it'd be a greater loss, but yeah. and I think that's why she has me do it. Of course. But uh, so I think that there should be payment in kind. I see. For because men. I mean, let's just admit. Well, maybe you should have lived in Victoria. Men do the physical stuff around the house. I mean, the hard, physical, dangerous work for the most part. I don't think that's true. And uh, well, my head it is. Oh. And uh, you unclog the and, cur- uh, and Colonel unclog wolf. the sink or something. Unclog the sink. I I do. That is dangerous. Know, I if if uh, something's wrong some with electrical stuff, I mm-hmm. fix the elect. I don't even turn the turn the things off. The uh the hell that breakers uh-huh you just jump you just jump right into it i just jump right into it yeah. with the wires hot but anyway i think that with that mm-hmm. it should give me certain uh rights to her physical possessions and by physical possessions i mean you know her boobs yes well you would have been happy then living in the victorian england uh because marriage uh, took away the woman's rights, um, and um, basically she had no right to deny sexual intercourse with her husband. He had complete ownership of her body. And I, I'm not. I'm, trying, I'm not. I'm looking at the downside of that. Didn't I? I know. Where's I the know. downside? If the cust, uh, if the couple divorced, custody of the children as well as all the property rights were bestowed upon the man. Oh hell no. <laughs> if we got divorced, those three kids are going with Renee. Well, I see, you wouldn't like taking, that. So you got to take the good with the bad. With me. Uh, many, uh, in fact, many women, uh, divorced women, were not even permitted to see their children again. So it kind of sucked. Damn, it was harsh back yeah. then. Yeah, although not legally sanctioned, Colonel, you're gonna you're gonna like this. It was permitted by custom for wife selling, quote unquote, wife selling to take place to end a marital relationship. Uh, a man's wife, since a man's wife at the time was his property, by custom, this is not by law, like you said, by custom, he could sell her like chattel. So they would have these, um, you know, these wives uh, auctions where they would take, uh, if a guy and a woman decide that they were going to get divorced or he decides he no longer wanted her to be his wife, he could actually sell her, just you know, just like he was selling uh, livestock or something. Well, so. much like you would sell a car that gets starts to get a lot of miles on it mm. and is breaking down, Timmy. Dude, you, you know what be I mean? Care- yeah, you better uh, be careful. You got, no, I'm just saying I would never compare a woman to a broken down car. I think you should not, yes. Um, but... You know, sometimes you look and you see, oh, this one's going to have my car starting to have transmission trouble. I, you know, it's just better to get rid of this one and invest in a new one, a newer, shinier, I, more reliable I, model. I understand That's what you're saying. What I'm saying. Uh, the man would parade his wife around by her arm or waist and uh, sell her to the highest bidder. That continued, that practice actually continued 
into the 20th century, so it's not that long ago. So wife selling. Now, I heard a wife swapping, no, but I ain't never. No, this is selling. It's not swapping. Uh, for women who worked outside the home, they were often subjected, of course, to lower wages. Not any different, you know. I mean, that still continues, right? Women makes, what, 70 cents for every dollar that a man makes? Um, it's kind of the reverse at my house. Well, and you're, you're in a unique situation, yeah. but in most cases. Women doing the same work will make 70 cents on the dollar normally. And, of course, they were subjected to sexual harassment, which, you know, continues yet again today. It does. It doesn't continue here because I went through that civil treatment. Yes, I know. You've been trained properly. Uh, women now, often, the devil, how many times have you seen a grope me, Timmy? Well, I, none that I can think of. I've seen I her hit you. Well, that's kind of groping. Yeah, I don't think that, I think she was getting pleasure out of it, but yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's your definition of grope. Anyway, the terrible, terrible things that the women had to go through. Then they often worked in dangerous and unhealthy conditions, of ten to fourteen hours a day. Their wages were, as I said, lower than their male counterparts. Uh, after a long, hard day at work, perhaps in a factory, uh, they would come home. And then have to care for their husband, their kids. They would have to cook and clean at home, do the domestic chores. Um, so it was not a great time to be a woman, really. Uh, women started to organize in the late 1800s to change some of these conditions. And, of course, the first crucial step to change those conditions was to have a voice in the political process, namely the right to vote. Women's suffrage in the United Kingdom was a movement to give the women's the right to give the women the right to vote. It uh, finally succeeded uh, when uh, and two laws were passed in 1918 and and then finally uh, for some women in 1918 and for every woman in 1928. But it was a struggle to get to get uh, from Victorian era England to a place where women had the right to vote. See that's where men went wrong to me. They had it. They had it pretty good, mm-hmm. and they had. To, and I think the wife selling was the step. You think it went a bit a too, far. too far? I mean, they had it pretty good, and then you push things. The man and had you it push things. Good, the men did, and mm-hmm. you know, your wife coming home from the coal mines. You know, you tell her to go take a bath, clean up, put on something pretty, cook me some dinner, do whatever. Yeah. And then now, all of a sudden, they organizing, and once you get more than two women together, Timmy. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's no good can come of it for men. For men, you know, once you get five or six, because I seen Renee will have uh, Renee's in a book club. Mm-hmm. She'll have those those hens over to our house. Those hens. Those hens, yeah. Oh my and uh, no, you, I, I and I call I say that affectionately. Affectionately, yeah, I, know. I know you do. Um, you are gonna get destroyed. On the Facebook page. <laughs> well, I'm I just, just hope saying, people can distinguish your voice from mine. <laughs> I'm just saying. What I'm saying here, too. Yeah, yeah. You, is it, you know, I, you need to quit digging. These females come over to my house, uh-huh. okay, and they start talking about books, and they start talking about philosophy, and they start talking about things. And for the most part, they really don't like when a man and objects to tell them why they have it wrong. Yeah, well... You know what I mean? Usually, especially when you haven't read the book. And, but uh, Yeah, and, you know, especially when most of the time you are, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. But, you know, that doesn't stop me, typically. Yeah. 
But what I have learned, it's gotten to the point now that when the women come over there for the book club, mm-hmm. I just go down the basement and hide because they have organized against me. I and that's what these that. women have done here. They organized against they the man. They did. That's a perfect lead-in because we're going to talk about the movement. Uh, it, the women's suffrage movement would not become a movement until 1872 with the formation of the National Society for Women's Suffrage uh, and later the more influential National Union of Women's Suffrage Society or the NU. WSS. Now, they would have a radical wing of this party or of this uh, group, Colonel, and that group, that, that radical wing of this uh, group was called the Women's Social and Political Union. And that's when we get into uh, the ladies in this movement and men. They were men a part of this movement as well. So it wasn't, you know, there was, they did have men who supported their cause. But they would take steps uh, that include that you know that the newspapers at the time would uh, call uh, terrorist type actions. I mean, oh, they there would, was radicals. They would they would uh, uh, they had bombs that they would blow up uh, postal uh, or mailboxes, I guess. Uh, and who would teach a woman how to make a bomb? Well, I'm That's just, just saying, crazy. Well, I'm just saying that they didn't do it to hurt people. They just were bringing attention to their calls, and you know how that goes when you do that and. There's certain members of society that would not, would frown upon anything that uh, it's not suitable for them to have bombs. To well, I'm just saying they had to they they had no rights, so they had to take uh, it called for drastic measures, right? I got you know, Timmy. I got a bunch of guns at home. I go target shooting all the time. You think I ever taught Miss Colonel how to shoot? No, uh, <laughs> no, somebody good. who was ever thinking about teaching women how to make bombs, they should have thought of that. Yes. So anyway, as uh, well as in England, uh, women's suffrage movements existed in Wells and other part of the UK. They gained a momentum in other uh, parts of the United Kingdom. And of course, it was uh, there was a movement here in the United States. Some of the states in the turn of the century, women could vote. Others states would not get that right until well after the First World War. But anyway, progress was slow, and the all male British Parliament was reluctant to give the women the right to vote. Uh, that led to the suffragettes uh, taking more extreme measures for their cause. Uh, they become more militant. Uh, and as I mentioned, they formed this Women's Social and Political Union, the WSPU, uh, which was led by Emmeline Pankhurst uh, and her daughters, Christabel and Sylvia, who were very well-known suffragettes uh, who... Uh, led that movement to help women gain this very basic right to vote. They became the booba bombers. <laughs> the booba bombers, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the government, on its, for its part, did all it could to curtail the activities of the WSPU. It spied on the women and, uh, on the group. It in, encouraged the ladies' employers um, to fire them. It tried to uh, not only fire the women who would belong to the WSPU, but to fire their husbands as well. Um, the police would harass them. They would grope them. They would beat them when they held rallies. Um, they would imprison them. Um, and it wasn't until the women took the extreme step of going on hunger strikes that... Um, you know, the, the government backed off a little bit. The government was 
very afraid of having a woman, part of the movement, die in their custody. Because they thought it was it would yeah that would make them a martyr that yes would be. and they were very scared of that so they would do these force feedings and the, and the force feeding was very brutal it's very I mean they will hold the women down put a long tube insert it in their either their throat or their nostrils and you know force food force feed them and it was it was you know pretty brutal business. And they didn't have blenders back then, Timmy. No, so it wasn't was, no slushy. They were shoving salami sandwiches yeah, down in those tubes. Yeah, it wasn't no exactly. Stuff. Yeah, so blood pudding. They was putting that yeah. that kind of stuff in there. Uh, still, uh, the movement remained mostly peaceful until 1910. the The movement thought that 1910 that the time was right for the British Parliament to pass a suffer a women's suffrage bill. However, it didn't happen. Uh, the measure was uh, voted down by the British Parliament, and that meant the women be- grew more and more impatient and started taking, uh, uh, started protesting more, taking more de- uh, desperate measures to bring attention to their cause. Uh, initially, this was smashing shop windows, uh, blowing up mailboxes, uh, and then it um, escalated to burning down of stately homes and bombing public buildings including uh, Westminster Abbey. So if, if, Westminster that ha- Abbey? if that happened today, Colonel, you know that they would be labeled as terrorists. terrorists. Exactly. Actually, there was terrorists. Well, they were <clears throat> they were taking steps to bring... things up. When you, when you, yeah, but when you deny someone the basic rights uh, and they take measures to... You know, you you're, you put them in a corner, so... Nobody put baby in a corner. Well, yeah, nobody put baby in a corner. But anyway, let's talk about Emily Davison, shall we? Because we she, shall. she is the central She's part the of linchpin story. of this. Yes, whole, she is. She's the linchpin of this whole mob to me. Yeah, well, of this story. And it sounds like a mob to me. Well, no, they weren't. <laughs> sounds like an unruly mob. No, not at all. They were doing, trying to uh, make things better for it's women. probably everywhere. drunk half the time. No, that's not true. Anyway, Emily Davison. She was born on October the 11th, Colonel, in 1872 in London, England. Her full name was Emily Wildling Davison. Wildling being the key word there. Uh, She was at first only a minor player in the Women's Social and Political Union. Remember, that's the more radical wing of of this movement. But she would... Uh, go on to become one of uh, Britain's most famous uh, suffragettes. Um, she grew up, she was a bright student at a time when educational opportunities for women were very limited. After attending Kingston, uh, Kiniston Prep School, she took classes at the Royal Holloway College and at Oxford University, where Lady Beverly's daughter may be attending, yeah, lovely true. Alexandra. I believe she's le- leaning toward Cambridge. But that is sure. awesome. So, um, she, uh, Emily, did not, uh, she couldn't officially earn a degree at either institution, which is that's kind of bullshit. And you take classes, but you can't earn a degree because she was a woman. Um, so what the hell did they go there for? I don't I guess to get an education. And she, when she left, she found work as a teacher. She eventually started dedicating her spare time to social and political activism. In 1906... Emily joined, that's when she joined the Women's Social and Political Union. Um, And as I said, that union was established by um, famed uh, suffragette 
Emmeline Pankhurst, Pankhurst, uh, and it was a struggle to win for women the right to vote in Britain. In 1909, uh, Emily gave up teaching full time to to or teaching to devote herself full time to the cause. Uh, she was unafraid of the consequences of her political actions, willing to be arrested, and end up in prison on several occasions for various protest-related offenses. She spent a month in Manchester's Strainwage Prison uh, in uh, 1909. Uh, she was treated harshly by the guards. She was uh, subjected to physical and emotional abuse. If you haven't seen it, Colonel, I suggest seeing the movie The Suffragettes, uh, which is, I believe, on HBO On Demand. Very good movie. Part- I, now, I've seen Norma Ray. Is that anything close to mm-hmm. him? No, no, it's really not. Nothing like it at all. Norma Ray didn't get no beat down or nothing. Um, but, yeah, it was a similar, and she was fighting for their rights, but that was a, a union matter where this was for rights for women. So, anyway. Seen Silkwood? Yeah, no, nah, not the same. While in prison... Um, they got women. There was women. Yeah, they were women. About stuff. And it's a movie. While in prison, Emily uh, went on a hunger strike that in, in, resulted in her being force-fed and physical abuse. It, it came out later that the government would let them go after they were on a hunger strike for a period of time because, like I said, they didn't want a martyr, right? So they eventually would release him, but they may keep them a long period of time till they get to the point where they're near death. And you'd have these force uh, feedings that took place that were just brutal. That's a rough way to get early release. Yeah, exactly. Many of the jailed um, women went on a hunger strike to protest the government's refusal to classify them as political prisoners. They felt they were political for prisoners because they were fighting for a political cause and they were being arrested for their See, they always got to have something fancy. They ch- can't just be convicts like everybody they were else. Fancy. No, we're political. No, you're, you're a convict. You, you've been blowing up boxes, nah, mailboxes. Nah. You blew up Westminster Abbey. Well, you're kicking puppies all across the town. That's, you're terrorists. I don't think they kick puppies. That's brandy. Oh, that's brandy. Okay, yeah. I get my women mixed I up know. sometimes. Yeah, me too, man. Emily Davison, uh, while she was. Uh, in prison on this hunger strike, she barricaded herself in her cell. And so, you know what they did to get around that? The Smoked guard, her out. The guards flooded her cell with water. No, it was fire, water. They yeah. both work. I would have thrown uh, a bunch of rattlesnakes in there. Well, it, it got her out. It got her to the point where they could force feed her. Later, writing about the experience, she said she had to hold on like grim death. The power uh, of the water that they, that they just flooded her cell in was just ice cold. In 1912, um, Emily spent six months in Holloway Prison. Again, they were treat all the women there were treated brutally, uh, and hunger strikes and forced feedings became routine. And in total, uh, Emily was um, in prison 19 times. I mean, you got someone's dedicated; they go to jail 19 times. 19 times is yeah. And she was force-fed. I wonder if she had tattoos. I don't know. Prison tattoos. I don't know. Uh, she was force-fed 42 times during her incarceration. So, you know, there comes a point where I think she must have liked it. I don't think she did. Force-feeding included being held down while uh, held down uh, while a tube is put in your mouth or in down your throat or in your nostrils. 
and milk, tea, and other foods were forced down uh, the tube. Uh, it's kind of akin to really waterboarding mm-hmm. uh, because the the prisoner had very, you know, it was like he was drowning. They had a hard time yeah. breathing, and uh, they would be gasping for air during this time. So it was a very brutal practice. And this is back in the time when husbands, it was perfectly legal for husbands to to beat their wives. Yes, yes. As long as they used a, a rod not thicker than your thumb, Timmy. The That's rule, where the rule of thumb comes from. The rule of thumb, yeah. So um, the policy of force feeding was not put in place for humanitarian reasons, as we said. The, uh, the government feared, what the thing the government feared the most was that one of these women would die in custody and it would give their cause a martyr. And um, so Emily Davison thought that she could end the abuse of her fellow uh, suffragettes by jumping off a a prison balcony and killing herself, uh, which she attempted to do. She thought that in her mind that if there was someone would die and someone being her in this case, it would save the lives of many others. Uh, That action just showed how far she was willing to go for the cause. Okay, she survived that action. Okay, so now she was not to be trifled with this woman here. No, she was very <laughs> dedicated. So let's talk about the Epsom Derby, Colonel. Okay, the Epsom Derby is a major sporting event in Great Britain. It would be akin to, I don't even think there's anything here as big as a sporting event here. It'd be like if you combined the Kentucky Derby, the Belmont, and the other one all in Kind of. Kind of like, I guess, would be closest would be the Kentucky Derby. Mm -hmm. The Epsom Derby, though, uh, is held the first Saturday of every June. It's been around since 1780, Colonel. It's it's actually more like a Super Bowl, Timmy. It really is, and it's a a chance for where uh, that uh, uh, everyday working people uh, can really uh, go to the Derby and rub elbows with the uh, the elite, you know, even the royal family attends the Derby, is known to attend the Derby. It's a big event, right? So, of course, it gets a lot of media coverage. And if you're looking to bring um, some attention, to, attention to your cause, nothing would work better than to um, bring that attention at some major event like the Epsom Derby. So on June 4th, See, if they would have all showed up topless, that mm-hmm. would have been scandalous back then. Today. It would have been. It would have been. Internet. Probably be scandalous even today. I think they just passed a law that women can walk around topless in the United States Oh, in now. the U.S., yes. Yes. Well, I, that's a good thing. I'm wholeheartedly behind women having I know, equal rights I know. on that. You're, you're, you are for uh, equal rights. I am for equality. When it comes to boobs. When it comes to boobs, yeah. Boob equality, I am all for it. On June 4th, 1913, the Epsom Derby was held, was to be held. It was one of the biggest, sport, as I said, biggest sporting and social events of the year. It was covered by all the newspapers, and at the time, it was covered by um, newsreels. Right? They had mm-hmm. the they uh, had cameras at the the events, movie cameras at the, the the race, and they would film the race. Now this was after the Hindenburg, so they didn't have the good year no, blimps. No, before the Hindenburg. Before the Hindenburg. Before yeah. that, yeah. They didn't have the good year blimps up there. Not yet. So, and they caught. By the way, they caught the Derby in England. We call it Derby. Those people talk funny over yeah. that. Well, actually, I think they're they, they 
they pronounce it right and we pronounce it wrong. No. But anyway, it was the Derby Stakes. It's popularly, it's a very popular event. Uh, it's of uh, a race of three-year-old thoroughbreds, colts, and fillies. Uh, the Derby dates back to 1780 and is held annually the um, first Saturday of every June. Thousands of people attend. In 1913, that included King George V. And not only did he attend the event, him and the royal family, his horse, Anmer, I think I'm saying it right, A-N-M-E-R, Anmer, was running in the Derby. See how I say the Derby? See how I'm adjusting the derby. to, you, you, to turn a, you turn a Brit on me. Too. I am. I, I bet, you know, Lady Beverly understood me when I said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. She, yeah. She's probably, you know, we're on the same wavelength now. I apologize if I sound funny. I've got a sinus infection that's killing me. Anyway, uh, the king's horse, Anmar, uh, was in the Derby, and his rider was a famous jockey at the time named Herbert Jones. Now, it was unclear what, it still kind of is unclear, what Emily Davison's plan was on that warm summer day when she attended the Derby, like thousands of other people. It seems clear that her intent was to advance the cause of uh, women's suffrage uh, because with her to the Derby, she brought two suffragette flags. They had little flags, and they had their own collars. And, oh, I'm sure they did, uh, yeah. She brought those with, with her to the event. While the race was underway, Colonel, and this is all, by the way, we'll, if you go to our Facebook page, History Dweebs, the podcast, this is all on film. Remember how the Christine Chubbuck uh, suicide was on film? This was on film from 1913, and you can actually see this taking place. But I anyway, still think the Chubbuck one poster was a fake. Oh, the one I that don't came out. That. Yeah, yeah. I don't but it was that's true. It, it it did air. I mean, it was <clears> caught on film. Yeah, it was caught originally caught on film, but they only had they had one copy and they locked it up. And I don't believe that. Yeah, that the one that was out recently. You mean? Yeah. But this one, this this incident that we're going to talk about now was caught on film, and it was actually in the movie theaters. Of course, back in the day, they would show newsreels in movie theaters. It was out in the movie theaters by the end of the day. So they got the end of the day. Yeah, the the end of the same. I like the voices they did on those. Yeah, yeah, and in 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 England today, and yeah, they always had those squeaky little voices. I like newsreels. It's kind of cool. Anyway, all dramatic and stuff. Anyway, while the race was underway, and the horses passed a stretch of track where she was located, Emily Davison ducked under the railing, and jumped right out in front. Of the horses, how, how how much do you think a racehorse weighs, Carl? A racehorse, I would guess, weighs probably close to fifteen hundred pounds. Okay, so after several horses passed her, she stood with her hands raised in pa- in in the path of the horse owned by King George V and and more, right? Mm-hmm. The king's horse hit her running at 35 miles per hour. Oh, damn, that's bigger than, that's faster than a bus. Emily was thrown violently through the air and landed unconscious on the ground. Now, again, this is all on footage, right? We have footage of this, and like I said, we'll post, for those of you who are interested in seeing it, you can go to YouTube and look it up, but we'll post it on 
History of the podcast Facebook group. Average weight of a thoroughbred, Timmy, is 1,256 pounds. Okay, so uh, a 1,200-pound horse going 35 miles an hour runs over you. So it's like a Ford Fiesta coming at you. Yeah, it's not a— At not 35 a, miles an it's hour. It's not going to result in uh, anything positive. Uh, King George V and Queen Mary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. They were watching the spectacle unfold from their royal box. So she gets thrown in the air. Emily gets thrown in the air. Now she she remember she she ducks under this railing. She waits for the king's horse. That's hard yeah. to see. Sometimes it's hard to see all these oh, yeah. horses. All these horses packed in together. a pack together. Yeah. yeah, but she waits until the king's horse. Uh, approaches her, and then she jumps out in front of it. So she's hit by the horse. She's thrown in the air. Uh, meanwhile, movie cameras are recording the events for newsreels. You know people who had money on that horse was pissed. Probably, probably so. Um, the horse tumbles on its side, unseats its jockey. Remember Herbert Jones, the mm. well-regarded jockey, Herbert Jones. And then the horse uh, jumped back up. It was riderless at this point uh, and runs away. The rider, so at this point, Emily Davison is on the ground unconscious. The jockey, uh, Herbert Jones, is on the ground hurt. The horse is knocked over, but it gets back up and runs away. Okay? Nearby, the woman, uh, uh, Emily Davison, lies on the turf. And she looks more like she looks. If you see in the footage, she looks just like a heap of rags. She just mm, totally, yeah. just you know, uh, crumpled there uh, on the racetrack. The, the crowd, uh, who a moment before had been cheering, uh, surged toward the turf and the surroundings uh, surrounding the fallen uh, suffragette. It was three ten p.m. on June fourth, nineteen thirteen. It will be remembered as the moment in which the suffragette threw herself under the king's horse. 
the iconic image of the suffragette being trampled by King or uh, King George's V's horse has come to symbolize the bitter, bitter struggle that women have fought to win the right to vote in Britain. But though the incident was caught um, by these, these were hand crank cameras, you know, mm-hmm. the cameras yeah, back those in the old day. Kind, yeah, the yeah. old kind. They were filming during. There is still some dispute on whether or not Emily uh, did this with the intention of committing suicide, or rather, she did this. Um, there was some thought since she, remember I said she had those flags with her on her person? Mm-hmm. That really what she wanted to do was to put these flags on the horse as it ran by. So when the king As it ran by at 35 miles well, an hour? Well, it wasn't, I don't think it was well thought out. But no. they wanted, she thought that she could put the flags on the horse, and then when the horse came across the finish line, the, the cameras would catch the king's horse wearing the flag, wearing the collars of the suffragettes. So that's the theory, okay? That's one theory. I, I believe she had not discussed this plan well, with any of her cohorts. That is one theory. The other theory is, of course, she sacrificed herself. She meant she meant to commit suicide. <clears throat> I'm going to go with the sacrifice because this woman been in prison like 34 times by now. Yeah, 19 times, but yeah. yes. So she learned. She got to be smart enough to know. She went to university. Now you see how I did the English thing there? Oh, I did see it. Went yeah. to university, and uh, she got to know. Well, you can't just attach it to a 35-mile-an-hour horse. Well, she was unconscious, uh, and she was rushed to the uh, nearby hospital where she never get, regained consciousness. Uh, Emily Davison died on June 8, 1913. Um, she was just 40 years old at the time. Even while she was those four days before she died, when she was in the hospital, mm-hmm. she received thousands of letters, letters, some offering support, but many of them could be termed as hate mail because she had tried. They, they, there was more concern for the king's horse. Well, she fucked up the whole derby. And then they were for her sacrifice, and of course, Herbert Jones, the um, the jockey. You're going to talk a little bit about. What I mean, think there. about the Super Bowl. You have somebody come out, run on the fifty yard line, just take a dump on the fifty yard line, well, Timmy. You yes, wouldn't be there. Was a big. There's bigger issues involved. It's a woman's right to vote. It was a. It, it's something that today we take for granted. People register to vote. Don't even vote. Some people don't even register. This woman was ready to jump in front of a. 1,200-pound horse going at 35 miles an hour to win that right car. But you you got to admire that. But you know what she never did? What? Voted. True. She did <laughs> she not. She never voted. She never did. But uh, thousands of millions would because of her efforts, and you're going to talk about that now. Well, the aftermath of all this, Timmy, let's talk about that. Okay. The death certificate barely conceals the doctor's outrage here. He says cause of death was fracture of the base of the skull caused by being accidentally knocked down through by a horse through willfully rushing onto the race course at Epsom Downs during the progress of a race. Yeah, so he, so basically he, he what, was taking shots at her even in the autopsy. She had it coming is what That's he what said. he's saying, basically. Yeah. Right. Now, on June 14, 1913, Emily made the return journey from Epson to Victoria Station, for which she had bought her return ticket. Now, see, that's the return ticket is one key piece here, Colonel. That's true, because the return ticket— Had she committed—if she intended to commit suicide— She would have bought a one-way. Yes. However, I've also heard 
that uh, because that event was such a special event mm-hmm. and there were so many people traveling that they there are some believe that they only sold they only trip. sold two-way yeah. tickets well she made she did get to use that second ticket on it for a return home it was just in an oak casket timmy yeah it was not good it was not good not good at all four black horses pu- pulled the funeral carriage Six suffragettes, including Sylvia Pankhurst, marched alongside. The procession included 50 hunger strikers who, you know, could barely walk because they was weak because they was, you know. Yeah. I mean, deprived. basically what this did was to give them a martyr. They had a martyr yeah. now. Some of these women was on release because of ill health, and hundreds of women's ex-prisoners um, marched along with them. Now, at St. George's Church, Bloomsbury, an estimated 6,000 women took part in the service. Now, how do you like to get 6,000 angry women together? I would not want to be around that. It was a powerful show of support. Yeah, it was damn right scary, I would think. More than 50,000 people turned out on the streets just to watch the funeral pass by. The coffin was taken to King's Cross Station and then put into a goods van for its final jersey to Morbeth, Morpeth in Northumberland. Colonel, you, you're just getting all this terminology down. I mean, I think you really could live in, in the U.K. I, you know, I think I got a little bit of bread in me. Yeah, I think you do, too. You, you, you know, you're... You, but I think you would probably, if you, you would be more of an aristocrat over there. I don't, I don't. I, I, well, I'd have to be. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I believe the queen would knight me as soon I, as I got yeah, over there. Probably. You know, yeah. now how, how she might swing that sword hard enough to take my ear off or something. Well, you know, she's getting up there. She is getting, I wonder if she still, does she still knight the people? I'm sure she does. She has to. I think she's the only one that can. I, she got those shaky hands. I wouldn't want a sword up I next to my head. I think touch you. So I think you're okay. Don't worry about just right barely to, Don't worry about right yet. <laughs> yeah, well, you cross yeah. that bridge when you. I get think to. I'm gonna wait till they get a new queen to get knighted. Yeah, but yeah, cross that, that bridge when you get there. Now, huge crowds turned out the next day in Morpeth as Emily was buried in the family grave. The newsreel footage that recorded the tragic event was in the theaters the next day, Timmy. Oh, the next day. The I'm next sorry, day. I this was like day. TMZ. They had shit up all over yeah. the place. Breaking news. But the archive footage of her protest does not answer the nagging question. Did she mean to commit suicide at the Derby? Her protest was the latest in the series of militant outrages that appalled polite Edwardian, Edwardian society. Now, see, you would have been a part of the polite society. I mean, I would have, I, well, now, and, and this is where we get into the contradictory terms. Mm-hmm. They call it a polite society, mm-hmm. but men can hit their wives with sticks and That's nothing not happens to them. That don't seem polite to me. Men can it. sell their wives. Yeah. That don't seem polite to me. Yeah, that's not cool. No, I mean, if you, you know, if you, I guess if you're a guy getting a really good deal on a wife, it seems cool to you, but. I don't know about that. I don't think you, you should be buying people, Colonel. That's uh, well, something that's we condemn here at the podcast. That does not seem polite, does it? No. We condemn uh, that here at the podcast. We condemn actually, yeah, selling people. That's we take not... on the most con- – we take a stand on some of the most controversial issues <laughs> of the do. day. And we believe selling people – we are we are anti-selling people. Yes, Timmy. we're anti-slavery Yeah, in all, in all but, forms. But it, when you think about it, that's basically what it was. Absolutely. Because these women had no rights. Nope. 
so once the guy bought you, hell, the married only you. thing he had to fill out the paperwork for the title. I'm telling you woman. what, if I was a woman, I'd never be getting married back then. I think I'd say it's spinster. You know, the, the thing that women always control, though, Timmy, is what? you could you could be a man and force yourself on your wife. That's not a cool thing. Yeah, That's they, not a cool thing at all. Nope. But, you know, they control really if you're going to be sexually active. Well, they control I mean, they, that. They, actually, they didn't have any rights. Well, they didn't have any rights, but I mean, I mean you know, if they're not going to be a willing participant, well, they might not most put people, in a good effort or something. If that's what you yeah. mean, but but they they under the law, of course, they didn't have any rights. Yeah, but I mean, women are smart. They are, and they they're know very smart. even if they have no rights and no legal rights, they can still figure out a way to make you miserable. You know that. You know, we really should have had Brandy in on this podcast. <laughs> we should have because, because she is a prime example. Of no, I think we're going to get in trouble. Make you miserable. Or, or you're going to get in trouble. Why, I am not saying anything <laughs> derogatory about women. I love women. They're wonderful. They're smart. I love women that smell good. They're uh-huh. soft. They're squishy. Uh, they're... Continue, Colonel. Okay. Now, at the inquest into Emily's death, the coroner seemed to speak for the nation when he said, it is exceedingly sad that an uneducated lady should sacrifice her life in such a way. That was a shot. Yeah. Parliament and the press were united in their conviction that Emily had crossed the line. This was no longer justified protest, Timmy, but wicked madness. Hmm. Wicked madness. The pricks? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she was a little wicked. No, She'd been I mean, in prison a lot. She, uh, let's see when I'm standing. I don't believe that prison had rehabilitated her. I think she stuck to her beliefs. The Morning Post reported the incident under the headline, Sensational Derby Suffragist Mad Act. Yeah, so, so they're making her out to be So they're just guy. making her out yeah. to be a nutbag. Yes. The sensation was not... The, the sensation was not the injuries to Emily. It was the fact that a 100-to-1 outsider, Abby Orr, had won the race. That yeah, was, that was a the sensation. focus, was the, the, the winner, the yeah. uh, long shot So when they the said sensational derby, they meant the 100-to-1 yeah. person. Yeah, the long now, shot won the race. You, if you bet on the 100-to-1, this woman your hero because the king's horse could have come back. Yeah, I don't think the so, king's horse was favored to win. He must have been way back there. Yeah. Because if she waited for other horses to pass him by. Now, the paper was also concerned about the king's jockey, Herbert Jones, who'd been thrown by the Amnar, the king. I do feel a little bad about this guy. I mean, he. Yeah, he was just a tiny little guy. Yeah, and he, I mean, well, you get to it. Continue. Well, he had no bones broken. That's two days mean. later, they checked him out. He had no bones broken. Um, two days later, he while recuperating in his home, Jones received a telegram from Buckingham, Buckingham Palace, where the queen lives, Timmy. Yes, she does, and the king, a king at that point. It had been sent by a palace flunky mm. on behalf of Queen Alexandra, the queen mother. Queen Alexandra, it says, was very sorry indeed to hear of your sad accident caused through the abominable conduct of a brutal lunatic woman. Now, see? see, that's something we deal with every day here. The abominable abominable conduct of a brutal lunatic woman. That's not true. No, we're just the devil. I'm just I talking know, about I know. I know who you're talking about. Come on. Her conduct is always abominable. All right. So, so not a lot of sympathy for Emily. From, no, even the queen badmouth. Right. Even the queen throwing shade on the girl, yeah, Timmy. Yeah, exactly. So I telegraphed 
I, I telegraph now by Her Majesty's command to inquire how are you getting along and to express Her Majesty's sincere hope that you may soon be all right. Yeah, that's the dirt jockey. They were concerned yeah. about the jockey and the horse, but not Emily, who was fighting for her life in the hospital. Yeah. Now, the story of Emily's death and a uh, little of a life unfolded at the inquest, which is held in a cramped police court in Epsom on June 10th, 1913. Police Sergeant Frank Bunn gave an eyewitness account. He had been on duty some 15 or 20 yards near the winning post. Several horses had passed him when a woman, supposed Emily Davison, ran out from under the fence, held up her hands in front of the king's horse, whereby she was knocked down and rendered unconscious. The horse had pitched over onto its head and stopped on the course. It received some slight cuts to the face and body, but not on its feet or legs. In his notes, Bunn listed the items that had been found on Emily. Two suffragette flags, identifiable by their green, white, and purple stripes, that don't seem like a good color combination to me. Yeah. Folded up and pinned to the back of a jacket on the inside. They were one and a half yards long and three quarters of a yard wide, large enough for the race goers to see if she managed to unfurl them. On her person, he found a small square of orange cardboard stamped with the number 0315. It is the return half of Emily's third class train ticket third class i didn't even know they had third class to victoria from epson yeah so that she had a return ticket and that that was has been touted yeah that raised the question why would she buy that return ticket why would she take a holiday with her sister why would she book a holiday with her sister it was scheduled for two weeks after the derby yeah so she had made plans with her sister to go on vacation yeah. Uh, so why would she do that? She knew she was going to kill herself. Now, the Here's day the before question. the derby, Emily had met her friend Mary Lee, who testified that she seemed in high spirits, although that really doesn't mean anything. I'm going to the derby, she said tomorrow. I, I'm going to the derby tomorrow. And it doesn't sound like her at all. Yeah, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But I know what you're saying is that sometimes people try to read uh, people's expressions or yeah. uh, their uh, well, you always mood. hear about people that kill themselves that you know well, they sometimes before we'll, seem like they were oh they was in high spirits. Sometimes they've already made the decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they got they're, they're relieved. Everything's yeah. off their shoulders. They made their plans. Mm-hmm. So she she meets her friend Mary Lee and she says, you know, I'm going to the derby, and she says, what are you going to do? And and uh, she says, ah, she said, putting her head a little to one side, her eyes smiling. Look in the evening paper and you will see something. So she certainly had intentions of at least uh, doing something to bring attention to their cause. Whether or not she meant to kill herself, that's the the question, I guess, at this point. Now, the jury decided in the family's favor that Emily was an accidental martyr. Suicide was a criminal offense for those who failed in their attempts and a source of shame for families at the time, Timmy. Now, having heard all the evidence about a character, a state of mind, and a railway ticket, the jury found that there was not enough to return a verdict to suicide. Her death was simply a misadventure. Misadventure. Mis- misadventure. We've had a number of those in yes, our lives, Timmy. Yes, we have. Now, at the inquest, Police Constable Edie, who was standing on the opposite side of the track to Sergeant Bunn, 
was asked by the coroner whether it would have been possible for Emmy to pick out any particular horse. He said, I do not think it would be possible the way they were bunched together. Now, this corroborated Bun's evidence. The horses came along in a heap, not strung out at all. It was a close race, and between the first horse and the last horse, there was only a distance of a few yards. But on this point, they were both quite wrong. As Emily waited for Darby to start at 3 p.m., she had marked her card for the preceding races and studied the form. She knew the horses, and crucially, she knew the colors of the rider's silks, Timmy. Well, so she, had, she knew what horse she was going to. Mm-hmm. It was all... Whether or not she, whether or not she intended to kill herself or not, she certainly, at the very least, intended to put those uh, flags or those those ba- those banner around the king's uh, horse. She was going for the king's horse. Whether it was she was it, going for the king's. Whether horse. it was to be run over by the king's horse, or to put the collars of the suffragettes around the king's horse. She was. She definitely had picked out his horse. She was tracking it, and later, when they do an analysis of the film, 100 years later, they're able to see that. Yeah, that she was going for the king's horse. Now, she could not miss the jockey wearing the king's colors, even if she only had a split second to spy them. Herbert Jern's silk were of rich red sleeves and a blue body. And, you know, Mrs. Colonel, being very good at math Mm -hmm. and statistics and whatnot... We will go to the racetrack mm-hmm. um, because it's, you know, it's the sport of kings. Right. And uh, you're of, and of being that, a uh, colonel. It's something being an aristocrat. An like aristocrat, yeah. And the Mrs. Colonel looks at the racing sheet. Then she walks down to the paddock to me. And she has a system whereby the woman always makes money when we go to the racetrack. And do you know what the system is, Timmy? What is it? Now, I'm looking at the, at the racing form, seeing if they're a mudder, if they've run, in, right. uh, you know, how they've done in the last nine races, how this jockey's done. I'm doing all these calculations, you mm-hmm. know, so I can figure it out. She picks the prettiest horse, Timmy. And I bet she wins. She does. Yes. All the damn time. That's her system. Mm-hmm. I just picked the prettiest horse. Mm-hmm. So... And if there's Meanwhile, a while you're doing analysis of the, the, the jockey. Yeah, the, I'm doing DNA testing. Yes, yes. And, yeah. and if there's a female jockey, mm-hmm. she always bets on the female oh, jockey. I see. And those women win a lot. Yes, they do. Now, the police and government, and get to get back to this story, the police and government clearly preferred the fiction that Emily was a mad woman, intent on a reckless act of martyrdom, and chose the king's horse by accident. Well, again, they were trying to keep the... They're trying to keep the movement away from the monarchy. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to they're trying to keep the movement in check, and they don't want to create a martyr. Well, because an attack on the king or its horse or his horse was not only unthinkable, Timmy. It was seditious. Yeah, treason. Mm-hmm. And seditious. That's a good word that we would not have been able to use had the devil been yeah, here. Yeah, that's true. Um, I will agree with you on that. Now, had the coroner called for the Pathé film to be shown at the inquest, he would have tended to agree with accounts that she could not have identified the king's horse in a split second before she was hit. However, if the jury had the benefit of modern technology, they may have had a different view, Timmy, Mm -hmm. if they had HDTV back then. Right. In 
an enhanced version of the 1930 Derby film, far from being in a heap, the horses are strung out as they round Tatumhan Corner into the final straight. Emily can be seen running through a gap in the horses. Now, that, that, that takes some stones right there. Yeah, it does. Then she stands quite calmly well away from the rails. She lets not one, Timmy, not two, but three horses fly past her. Yeah, so she clearly knows which ones is the king. She is taking her time to pick up pick her horse. Am, Amna is near the back of the field. As the horse thunders towards her, Timmy, she steps firmly towards it and puts up her hands. I don't know what she thought was going to happen. If she yeah. thought she was just going to put the collars around the horse, she thought the horse was going to stop on the dime. Yeah. It's like a train. Yeah. If you're on the train tracks, a train will stop for your car, but, but it will stop a mile after it hits your car. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, so, have, to, you have to give it some leadway. So half a ton of thoroughbred racehorse at full gallop smashes into her body. She is sent tumbling, her neck and head hitting the ground with each turn, Timmy. Mm. The inquest never found a reason for her action except as a mindless protest. But if she was not trying to kill herself under this horse's hooves, what was she trying to do? In addition to the concealed flag, she also carried a scarf in the suffragette's colors, which was wrapped around her waist. Perhaps she intended to tie that scarf around the bridle so that the king's horse will be carrying suffragette colors across the finish line. Yeah, because remember... Suffragette colors. Remember, they couldn't get any relief in Parliament. Yeah. So now, you know, they they look to the she royal families a, for support. She basically invoked a nuclear option, Timmy. <laughs> she did. She did. This, wouldn't have been a, this would have been a very public petition to the king as he sat in the royal enclosure by the winning post had she succeeded. See, I still don't think, had she seceded, I don't think it would have went over well either way. I think she would have been in trouble. Yeah, I do too. Um, now, unfortunately, women's suffrage would take a back seat to a larger world when World War I broke out in 1914. Yeah, the following year. Now, women's right to vote in the United States became law in, on August 26, 1920, when the 19th Amendment to the Constitution was finally ratified. Which uh, you and I support, totally support. I, I, I was, now, I was not alive then, Timmy. Right. But I would have been out on the street marching with women. I know you would. Uh, women should be able to vote. Um, you know, you ever, one year we had a, we had a primary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a presidential primary, mm-hmm. and Renee and I was voting for different people. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Why don't we just uh, stay home? Let's just not cancel vote at each all. other out." And she said she did not trust me to do that. Well, she's probably smart. Yeah, she's a, she's she's uh, she's not a trusting woman. Yeah, sure. but finally. The 19th Amendment to the Constitution was finally ratified. Here in the United States. In the United States. And, you know, not to get off on a tangent, but this has something to do with history. We just got a new Supreme Court justice, right? Mm -hmm. And he's an originalist. Mm -hmm. You know, he believes in the original text of the Constitution as it was written at the time, blah, blah, blah. You know how people Mm -hmm. go on about that? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, if the Constitution was so perfect, how come we got amendments? Good point, Colonel. That's my question to everybody. If the Constitution is so perfect, why we got amendments to it? Yeah. And we have amendments that we created amendments later to undo those amendments, like prohibition. Yes. So, you know, I'm just saying that's just my view on that. And the U.K. Parliament finally gave equal voting rights to women eight years later. Yeah. Because in the U.K., things travel slowly. Too. Well, they had the second, I mean, the first world first, war. Yeah, and they lost, damn, they lost a whole generation of yes. men so, back then. Um, but due in large part to, for the contributions that women made and sacrifices mm-hmm. that women made during the first world war, it was kind of uh, incumbent upon the government and after the war to give them. Yeah, they could have, because they worked in the factories real hard for that. Well, and on, you know, on... uh, And there weren't that many men around, if you wanted people to vote. In the defense industry, they worked in, uh, you know, on on the front lines as, uh, you know... Nurses. Nurses, And and half the men were dead. Yeah, they lost a generation of men. Now, today... The right for which Emily Wilding Davidson gave her life is taken for granted. Thousands of visitors walk past a glass case as they make their way to the public gallery of the House of Commons. Perhaps little understanding its significance. It contains a faded, fragile silk scarf with green, white, and purple stripes stained with mud, Timmy. It is a scarf she was wearing when she fell under the king's horse. Now, the King's Horse survived the collision, as did jockey Herbert Jones. Though, Herbert did suffer significant injuries from the event, including a mild concussion. Yeah, it sounds like he had post-traumatic stress as well. Yeah, he would go on to race another nine years, retiring from racing in 1923. Despite resuming his career, he was haunted by the event for the rest of his life. In 1929, 15 years after her death, the death of Emily Davison, Herbert Jones laid a wreath at the funeral of um, Emmeline Pankhurst in honor of her and Emily Davidson. And in 1951, soon after his wife's death and his onset of depression, he was discovered to have committed suicide after his son found him in a gas-filled kitchen. Now, that's a... Herbert you know, Jones, I, the, the jockey. Yeah, the jockey killed himself and filled his, just turned his gas stove off. Mm-hmm. And that, listeners, is a crazy-ass thing to do. Because you might want to take yourself out, but you fill up your whole house with yeah, apartment could, with gas. Yeah. You're going to take out the whole block at some Could point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't be spiteful about it. Now, in the village of Long Horsley... Where Emily Davidson's mother house still stands, Jane Cotton, who runs the cottage bed and breakfast, reports that no one asks about Emily these days because, you know, fuck, it was 100 years ago. Nobody remembers it. They don't seem to realize she lived here, she says. But Emily is not completely forgotten. Her grave is marked by a large stone monument with a cross on the top and the suffragette Logan, that slogan, I'm sorry, that reads, Deeds. Not words. Very good, Colonel. You read that very dramatically. Deeds, not words. Colonel, your final thought on martyr, suffragette, Emily Davis. Well, I don't believe it really did a cause any good. It brought it, uh, you know, it probably brought some attention to it. But sometimes you got to be careful because you get, you go too far and you can turn 
popular opinion against you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that happens with a lot of movements that people people sympathize with the movement. But then they do this, you know, and in England, they love the royal family. Right. You know, so if you were to do something that was if you were part of a movement and it was considered to be an attack on the royal family, um, you know, it's kind of like the IRA with when they blew up Lord Mountbatten. Mm-hmm. You know, that was just going a damn step too far. Yeah, but if her and, intent uh, was not to hurt the horse, not to hurt the to, horse, but I think was, it brought a lot of bad PR to him, and I don't. I think it was it was it probably did him more harm than good. But well, maybe not because you know what? Eventually, the men's was going to make up their mind when they made up their mind. It was it was a train that was going to roll over them eventually. But she was show. She showed. I think she uh, showed to, great courage. Uh, great courage, and uh, people are how far that the ladies were willing to go for their basic right to vote. Absolutely, so, I think she was very a, inspiring story. Colonel. Yes. All yes. right, you have some shout outs, Colonel. Uh, you know what, Timmy? We we're gonna have to figure out a system for the shout outs. Okay. Because we've got so many, and I'm leaving people off, and and I and I think we we're giving shout outs to people that perhaps maybe no longer listen to the show. We it's people yeah. that we haven't heard from on our Facebook page in such a long time. So we're gonna come up with a, a better system for the shout outs. We'll kill, still keep the Patreon shout outs, and we'll still do something in terms of uh, shout outs at the end of the show. But we're gonna we're probably gonna have a roll call on the page for folks who want to be included in the shout outs and not include people that we haven't heard from for some of them for months really. So um but if you're active on the page and uh, on our Facebook page and our Facebook group, we'll include you. We're not gonna exclude you. But there's some folks that we just haven't heard from in a long time and we quite frankly we don't know if they're still listening or not, right? No, we do not know if they're listening or not. And as of now, we've got two hundred and seventy on my. Yeah. On my so give list. us uh, give us some of the shout outs, and then we'll work on that to make it. Well, up. you know what? I got a I got a, we got a new listener, Timmy. Okay. That uh, we've we just did one two days ago, so I think I covered most of the new listeners. Yes. But we have picked up. But one. wait a minute before you start. Let's uh, give a do uh, your little rendition of Happy Birthday for Bridget. Oh, now how? See, I don't. Does Bridget want the Bee Gees version? She want the Colonel version? Just give version? her the Marilyn Monroe version. Okay, let's let's let me give you the Colonel Marilyn version okay. here, Bridget. Happy birthday! Make her all tingly. Happy happy birthday to your girl. Happy birthday to Bridget, baby. I don't know what you're. Happy saying. birthday, lovely Bridget Clavy. Happy birthday, girl. To you. Happy birthday, Bridget. Okay, now get Happy birthday, show. Bridget. I hope that got, got you all tingly there. Yeah, probably made, made me her, a little bit tingly. I probably was, made her nauseous, but continue. I don't know. I, got a lot, I felt a little movement there when I was singing it. All, right, all right, shout outs. Shout outs. We got a new listener, Timmy. Okay. She, she jumped right in and posted a selfie in that thread yesterday. You're talking about on the History Dweebs, the, the History podcast. Dweebs, the podcast page. Facebook group. Please join us if you haven't already. Um, we have had some epic threads going on. We really have. And uh, her name is Annie Harris. Okay. Annie. Beautiful, beautiful woman. All right. Um, so I want to give her a shout and out. And we support her right to vote. We support your right to vote. We do not think that you should be sold. No. Um, We're progressive like that. We are very progressive. Yeah. Continue, Kurt. Um Fiona. Fiona Chris. Lovely Fiona Chris. Fiona Chris. In the Republic of Vietnam, as we mm-hmm. speak. 
Let's see. We got a, you know, Tasha. I mean, Tasha. And I don't know if I've seen a picture, but you know what? You only need to see one picture of Tasha and you fall beautiful, in love. To beautiful me. young you lady. fall in love. Yes. Um, and Miss Ophelia. Mm-hmm. Her um, Jeff Girdley, of course. Uh, Missy Dean Horton. Yes, Britt and Chris, Celine, mm-hmm. Teresa Slavin, Tommy Boomershine, and of course Shonda and Larry. Yes, all of the Trowbridges, Phyllis Munson, Aaron Wentz, Donna Curran, Brian and Lisa Lawton, Olivia Meyer, um, and Katja, just beautiful Katja. The lovely Katja. Birthday girl Bridget Clavey, Byron Snellings, Denny Mack, um, Gina Spillane. Sydney and Michael, Donna Hellman, uh, let's see, Laura O'Reilly, of course, John Cunningham, Dave Lampier. Dave, yes. Dave's a, Dave's a funny, guy. funny guy. Maggie Glover, Jeff Appel, Christine, I, we got her already. Mm-hmm. Christine Bourgeois. Bourgeois. Katie Moorhead, Mary Ray, Andy Valley, Show Moose Q. Uh, Vicky Ann Wallace, Steve Miller, Nick and Molly. Nick yes. and Molly. Man, Molly's just a beautiful woman. She, very beautiful. Young I'm lady. friends with her on Facebook, and she Nicholas posts. Star, she makes this. Uh, um, she makes this jewelry. Mm-hmm. And very talented. The problem is, she posts pictures of herself wearing this jewelry, mm-hmm. and you look at her, and all you can see is this beautiful woman. And you ignore the jewelry. I see. So she needs to find an ugly model for the jewelry. I see. Um, Natasha, maybe you could volunteer. Maybe I could. Yeah, maybe I could volunteer. My fat ass neck. You probably couldn't get one of those necklaces right. around it. Neil Eagleton, um, Tracy Busby, Ali Net. Ali Ali had a great little shot up there with a the black lipstick. Christine Howard, um, Robin Sanchez, Carly Madsen, Aaron Fowler, Rebecca Montale. Ali with that uh, golf look. I love that golf look. Yeah. Rebecca, who I got into big trouble with my niece yesterday. Why? Um, Rebecca Montanle said I like my, uh, I like the Colonel singing. Mm-hmm. And I put underneath there, you are my favorite. Oh, yeah. And my niece, Dominique. Did not like that. Did about 10 screen captures of that <laughs> and sent me a text and said, I will await your apology. <laughs> so, Rebecca's lovely, though. She's beautiful. Rebecca is lovely, but Dominique um, knows that she is my favorite. She's, she's closer to you and can do more damage quicker. <laughs> she's scary, yes. Yeah. But uh, Mike Eisenhower, Danielle Fredrickson, Toby Deese, Nancy Jalapeno, Nancy... And and here's another Nancy and Kim Kazmersky Kamikaze, two mm-hmm. just beautiful women. Absolutely. Um, Jennifer Hawkins, of course. Chicago Lindsay O'Brien, Yo Handless, uh, Sammy James, Sarah. Uh, well, we'll save her. Josh Hilly, Lori McNally, Monroe, Allison Shields, Cheryl Pierce, of course. Tyra Jenkins, Daniel Fredrickson, M. Waterfall, Susan Angles, Don Gordon, John Gray, Dave Hill, um, Kirsty, Kirsty Ramsden. I, I talk to Kirsty fairly, yeah, fairly a regularly. Very nice lady. She's she yeah she's over in UK there and very very interesting woman. She's probably more familiar with this story than we are. She probably knows more about most things than we oh, do, but that's not saying a lot. Uh, no, it's not. But uh, Kirsty, hello to you. 
uh, Sarah Morgan, of course, Erica Clements, one of my favorites, mm-hmm. Becky Omelette, we've already covered, Michael Deo, Marissa Sanchez, Christina Stinson, um, Stephanie Pauling, Leah McAllister, Tamara, Tam, Tamara, Tamara, Tamara Cola. Okay. Um, Tammy Ennis, Valerie Murray. I like Tammy Ennis. She's funny. Yes, Tammy's very funny. Kristen Andreessen, um, Colin Nelson, Megan Smith, Angie L, Karen Alden, Norma, Norma DiMaggio, um, Callie Jones. Callie, Callie Jones cracked me up yesterday when she said, I cut my damn bangs and I look like Garth from Wayne's World. I know she said that, but she's beautiful. I she is beautiful. beautiful. That's yeah. what's so funny. But she, yeah. but the girl is just On so On our Facebook funny. page, people were posting selfies yesterday. Yeah, and Callie posted one, and she is just such a such yeah. a pretty, pretty girl. We have a lot of beautiful women on our I, You know what? That's It was hard. To, I was running out of adjectives. Yeah, I know. I kept saying the same thing. Oh, you're beautiful. <laughs> you know, you're gorgeous. Like, Holy God. Lovely. You know, yeah. what, every every time a woman posts a picture, you're like, damn, woman, you're beautiful. Exactly. And then another one posts, and you're like, no, I just said damn woman. Yeah. I got to come up with something else. Exactly. And you're thesaurus. Yeah, all these women are very beautiful women. Um, let's see. Kelsey Fro, of course. Um Let's see where am I? I forgot where I'm at. John Jank Yankee, Jeff Hopkins, of course, Brittany Powell, Mike Arnold, Jennifer Potts, Maria Barber, Christina Montana, Christina Montana, and I. Christina Montana. We told that story about you know why we love Christina so uh-huh. much about the house closing. Yes, yes. Let's don't relive that. Perhaps um, you don't want us to talk about that. No, but one of these days I'm going to tell you a story about from another listener um, about her adventures milking a goat. Now, okay. if that listener wants to come forward and post that story on our web page, on our Facebook page, warning. I'll give a, a day or two. Okay. But I'm if they don't come clean. It's too good of a story not to. It's too good of a story, and if they don't come her. clean, Maja, um, I will... <laughs> Come out and tell them the story. So let's see who we got here, Timmy, that um, I might be leaving out. Charles Dent. I'm uh, I'm doing, I've got six columns of shout outs. I'm doing three today. Okay. So Andrea O'Dell, very lovely woman. Um, Molly, Fa- Molly Fontenot, Lauren Mayer, Rachel Hummel. Let's see, Danielle, Danielle from Between Us Girls. Uh, Danielle Jones, yes. Danielle Jones. She's going to be on a podcast. We listen to the podcast. They're going to interview Danielle, and I submitted questions because I could not get on to the thing to submit questions. Well, you just submit it to Jeremy with on a podcast we listen to, Facebook group. You know, she, she, Danielle submitted some very, some highly, uh, highly questionable content. questions yeah uh when i was interviewed so i'm getting even so I'll yeah I, i've got we'll some questions for her too interview comes out yes so let's see we got paula kimes mm-hmm. um virginia massey maria ortez brianna stewart susan capitano um hannah hannah Groskoff. let's see where i'm at timmy MJ Howard, of course, Rosanna, 
Roseanne or Rosanna Fitton. I think she's on her way from to they Turkey. Walk Among Us. Yeah, she's not yeah, going to listen to this. But podcast, but, uh, Stacey Flynn, Sarah Morgan, um, Justin, of course, Justin Brodeur. Very funny guy. Kim Stroop, Kristen Whiting. Um, let me see, make sure I'm not. I've got my whole three columns, and okay. like I said, if I missed you, you'll be on the next. You'll be one. on the next list, and um, uh, we'll work something out so that we're we're focused on the folks who are still listening and who are active on our Facebook group page. So yeah, this is where I pull most of this stuff from. Yeah. And if I did not get you, um, let us know. Let us know if you if you have been skipped consistently week after week. Let me know, Linda Middleton. Like she said something. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize I had missed her. Yeah. Um. So, and so who in the hell told me on the page the other day I missed them? I don't know. All of a sudden, I, son of a bitch, <laughs> Sarah Sarah Bloom. I know I missed her, but it wasn't. All right. Okay. So, but we're Something gonna probably, we're gonna post something on the we're page. We're gonna redo about, this thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna get a new list that's uh, accurate. People who are still listening and who are still active on History Dweebs the. Dweebs, yeah, and then we'll get Facebook. Groups. We get to the, of course, the Colonel's crew. All I right. like to call them the the All really right. beautiful women on the page. Angie Ball, of course. Mm-hmm. Nicola, mm-hmm. Allie. Allie posted a picture. He's beautiful woman. Of so we called off the blood feud. Oh, because she's beautiful. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I can't have a woman like that I mad see. at me. Sarah Spaghetti. She beautiful. Jennifer Burdick. Karen Barnes, who's lovely, lovely redhead. Janet Fitzgerald, lovely, lovely redhead. Yeah, Karen Barnes is beautiful. Well, Janet is too. Oh, sure. But speaking of beautiful, our lovely Irish last Francis Doughton. Mm-hmm. And you cannot, if you look up the dictionary, if you look up beautiful in the dictionary, you know who you're going to see right there next to it, Timmy? Who? Jessica Williams. Yes, Jessica from There's going to be two pictures, Tasha and Jessica, and they're going to be right there. Very beautiful women. Shannon. Of course, Shannon. Amanda Bocciball. Tiffany Bell. You know, she's a lovely lady. From Michigan. Monica. Beautiful woman. Angela Cobes. Radica, of course. The lovely Radica. Fallon. Little Fallon. The mascot of, and you've seen a bunch of pictures of her. Isn't she just one of the prettiest Fallon you've ever seen? Fallon is going to be our next listener of the week. Is she? Yeah, we're going to do that when Brandy Good. gets back. We're going to start. And she's also the mascot of Team Colonel. Liz Keating, how you doing, Liz? Jen Wicks, who's, although the devil herself, on Team Colonel. Um, Jennifer Siemens. Rachel Marie Flynn, lovely redhead. Beautiful, Rachel. Donna Hellman. Jamie Tarantino, Jen Wicks, of course. Um, and Jen Wicks already. Amber Croup, did I get her? Yeah. And Maja. Trouble goes in pairs. It, they, it does travel and pass. Maja, yes. Maja, 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 lovely Maja. From Poland. I, I do talk to Maja quite a bit. She's a lovely She's lady. a very, very intelligent smart. woman. Very, very smart. And uh, milks so Maja, goats, I hear. Huh? She milks goats, I hear. <laughs> she does milk goats. Right. Now, Maja, I'm going to, I told you that's that would be a. Future topic. We no, I told you it would be confidential. And as everybody knows who talks never, to me. You never keep your word. I do not keep my word. So it is not confidential. Yes, so, but we're not going to tell the story until we get her permission. We're it's gonna, a very funny story. No, we're going to give her a day to confess see. and see if she types it because it's very funny. Okay. So 
That's all I have. I think the woman here was, you know, we already talked about her. I thought it was a good podcast. It was a relaxing to me. I feel zen-like. Do you? I don't feel like. And and you're doing your part for the uh, equal rights. I do my part every day for equal rights, Timmy. I go out and let my wife make more money than me. That's nice of you. Yeah, to balance. You let her out. pay all the bills. I let her pay all the bills in the house. Mm-hmm. I let her do all make, the cooking. Make all the important decisions. Make all the important decisions. Yeah. I just stay out of the way at my house, Timmy. That's a, a good plan. So, where uh, people can find us, Colonel, on Facebook, we have two pages: History Dweebs, where we post a lot of history-related stuff. But where we have our most fun is on our Facebook uh, group page is History Dweeves, the podcast Facebook group. Join us. All the people that we mention here, they're part of that group, and uh, we have a lot of fun. Don't you think so, Colonel? Oh, it's a, it, it, you, know, you make a lot of friends on Yes, there. you really you do. Make so join us, friends. Facebook, the podcast, uh, fa- uh, or I'm sorry, History Dweeves, the podcast Facebook group. You can also find us on Twitter. You can follow uh, History Dweebs at History Dweebs 1, or you can follow the Colonel at Ch- Hawk Waters, and you can find us on uh, iTunes. If you do, please leave us a review. We want to thank uh, Don Chestnut for leaving us a very, very, very nice review. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you leave us a nice review, we'll give you a shout-out on our next podcast. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you all next time on History Dweebs. Good day. Bye, everyone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.